If someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, that's good. Uh, and a special hello if it's your first time at Christ Church. And an extra special hello to Glenn there and his daughter of Street Pastors. Um, don't forget to put the bin out on Thursday evening. Um, open the lounge window if it gets stuffy, but close it at night. Uh, or could you check through the letters as I'm expecting a small parcel from Amazon. And please water the flowers if it doesn't rain. And when you go out, please remember to lock all the doors, including the security locks. Um, that's the sort of thing we say to our daughter Natalie if we go away for a few days. <laughs> You're wondering what was coming. <laughs> um, if we go f away for a few days, and you'll notice there's no particular connection between those requests, but they're all very important. <coughs> At the end of Paul's letter to the Galatian believers, he includes a variety of points which he feels they need to know. And I'd just like to look through some of them as they're just as relevant in our world in the 21st century as they were 2,000 years ago. If you think back to the book of Genesis, uh, Cain said to God, am I my brother's keeper? And there's no particular answer in scripture, although the answer is obviously, yes, you are. Which seems to be very much what Paul is saying to the Galatians. He encourages the Galatians to do good to all people, especially to those who are fellow believers. That should come to us naturally, as fellow believers are our brothers and sisters in the faith. I'm quite a sociable being, and I enjoy meeting people who I've never met before. And when I come across somebody who was born in the same town, or who studied the same subjects as I did, 
somebody who has the same interests. That creates a bond between us. That person is very special, as far as I'm concerned. But when I discover that that person is a fellow believer, that makes the person in question even more special. Because we're both part of the same team. We're brothers and sisters in God's family. I wonder, how do you relate to your brothers and sisters in God's family? Is it just a case of, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Fine, thanks. Or do you go deeper? Do you scratch below the surface to establish a real bond, a real link with that person? I wonder, if, if you said, how are you, and somebody replied, uh, actually, I'm having a really rough time at the moment, and I don't know how to keep going. What would you say? I wonder, in the hurly-burly of life, would you even notice? Do you pray for other believers? Those you know, yes. But what about those you don't know? Especially those Christians in other parts of the world who are being persecuted for their faith. And it's just not the ones and twos, is it? It's millions of them. Do you give any financial support to Christians in this country or abroad who are struggling to make ends meet? Paul says we should take responsibility for other brothers and sisters in the faith and say something to encourage them if they've lost their way. Similarly, if they're under pressure or feeling depressed. Some problems are less obvious. What would you do if one of your Christian friends has a drink problem? What would you say? How would you deal with it? Or would you walk away? And what about those who seem to have lost their faith in God? How can we encourage them back? I don't know your individual situation, but perhaps you know somebody, or maybe more than one person, who's in that situation. Paul is very practical. He takes it a stage further. He points out that as well as looking after others, we should keep a check on ourselves. Have we lost our way? Have we, as it says in the prayer book, done any of those things we ought not to have done and left undone those things we ought to have done? just a personal reflection. I'm happily married and I'm not having an affair with another woman. My my wife Jacqueline is quite relieved about that. (laughs) But if one day I did go off the rails and found myself another girlfriend, 
I should like to think that somebody in this church who knows me well would take me aside and encourage me to stop the relationship and sort myself out. Be honest, would you say something? How would you deal with the situation? Don't answer out loud, but I challenge you to think, what would you do if you knew somebody in that situation? Paul says we should carry one another's burdens. Do we help those who need it? I'm thinking of those who need encouragement, those who need a shoulder to cry on, those who maybe need money. And I'm not saying you can be involved with everybody, you can't. But you, do you help some, or maybe just a few others in this way? Sometimes people just need a hug. We tend to be a huggy family. When our, when our daughter Natalie, who is not here this morning, <laughs> okay, <laughs> when she was very young, she frequently came up for a hug, and she still does, by the way. And she loved her hugs and cuddles. In fact, she also used to talk about, as well as hugs and cuddles, we had cuggles and huggles. Um, it was also confusing. I never really worked out the difference, which I assure you, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Interesting thing is, though, that when Jesus healed people, all he had to do was snap his fingers. Except that he generally didn't. What did he do? He put out his hand. He touched them. And I'm sure that when we relate to others and try to encourage them, a touch can mean so much. It's a gesture of support, friendship, and it expresses something which words cannot. And maybe there's somebody you know who needs a gentle touch or a hug. Paul goes on to say that if anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Or in the Ivan translation, don't be a fancy pants. I'm sure that doesn't apply to anyone here this morning, does it? Or well, maybe it does. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. It's quite a challenge, isn't it, to realise that God knows about everything we do, even what we do in secret. Worse than that, God can read our intentions when we do the right thing with the wrong motives. The plus side there is that God can always read our intentions so that when we get it all horribly wrong, he can give us credit for what we were trying to achieve. I wonder to what extent could our actions be described as good. Nevertheless, we should do good to all people, whether or not they are fellow believers. I've got a quotation here from Mother Teresa. This is what she said. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. <clears throat> Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face Kindness in your eyes. 
kindness in your smile. I'll read that again. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face. Kindness in your eyes. Kindness in your smile. Give others something to take away which will be an encouragement to them because that's what Jesus would do. And that applies even to those we don't think deserve it, regardless of their age, colour, sex, nationality, and so on. You may have seen, as you came into church, the donkey vehicle outside. Uh, One of the things... Excuse me. One of the things I do every month, um, also Ian Peake, because he's another street pastor, and Glenn at the back, who's going to be interviewed in a few minutes... Um, one, of, one thing we do is to go on the night patrol with street pastors, doing the rounds of the pubs and nightclubs on a Saturday night. And so we generally get to bed at about four o'clock in the morning. Actually, the latest I ever got to bed was 25 to 6. Don't think about it. <laughs> we assist those who are inca- incapacitated through drink, those who've lost their way, and we make sure that the party goers go home safely. They get home safely. We're not street preachers. Though we are also, we're always open to discuss our faith or pray with anybody if they ask. But we hope and pray that our actions speak louder than words. As somebody said, preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. The donkey is what we call the support vehicle which enables us to be there for those who need it. And it gets its name from the story of the Good Samaritan who put the injured man on his donkey. And you can see the donkey after church in the car park. And do take some literature about street pastors from the back of church, about how you can become a street pastor or a prayer partner, or just come and pray with us one Saturday evening before we go out on patrol. Uh, and if you want to see what we do, come out with us, come out with us one night. Well, you nearly said one evening, of course it's night or practically morning really. <laughs> um, and stay for an hour, two hours or as long as you like. Have a chat with me afterwards or with Ian Peake who is not here at the moment uh, or with Glenn at the back. You can't miss him, he's got the street pastor uniform on. As we look back over the passage, though, that we read earlier, that Malcolm read, how do you score? How do I score? Are we a positive, Christ-like influence on those we know? Are we keeping a watchful eye on others, helping them when they come unstuck? Have we lost our, our way? Do we need sorting out? Are there any fancy pants in church this morning? To what extent could what we do be described as good? To what extent do others see something of Jesus in our actions? My wife and I are trying to keep ourselves fit and lose a bit of weight. Not before time, you may say. 
we started going to Pilates classes and we found them really beneficial. Then we had a bright idea. As we knew a lot of the moves involved, and we had a Pilates guide, we even had a DVD. We decided to launch out on our own. We would do some exercise every day. And feeling very virtuous, we started off well. And you can guess the rest. <laughs> Please don't ask me how we're progressing. But is that a bit like the way we live out our faith? We know how we should put it all into practice, but far too often we don't. I pray that these thoughts will be a help and a challenge to us all. And I prepared, um, as you came in, you should have been given a sheet of points to ponder. Uh, and if not, please take a copy when you leave. God bless you all.